0: Okay, so last week, week five of the series entitled Becoming a Prophetic People. Up until now, we've, we've been laying lots of foundations. I think it would be fair to say we've, we've come at it from several different angles today. I just want to tie, tie it all together and wrap it up with a bow, as it were. The questions I want us to wrestle with today are, what does it mean to be a prophetic people. Where and when does the prophetic fit? And then finally, a few few closing thoughts as to how we can increasingly become a prophetic people. Although I think you could argue we've already covered quite a lot of that ground. So just quickly for John and Rach, who haven't been here, though no doubt they've listened to the podcast, Uh, I'm going to summarize what we've covered so far. The term prophetic uh, refers to the the various different ways that God speaks to and then through his people. Strong um, idea that God wants to speak and that we as his people desperately need to hear what he has to say. And so I was thinking, I'm convinced that, that God will take you on a journey of learning how to see and how to hear. If you have more time, I could talk about some of my journey and all of that. But, but God will lead you through your experiences. He'll teach you little by little how to hear and how to see. Then, then as we talked last week, we need to find our prophetic voice. We need to learn the tone of New Testament prophecy. Otherwise, it can do damage rather than be a blessing as intended. Now I want to I dive in, in, into the topic matter of the day, which is, which is to ask the question, where does the prophetic fit? Where does it fit in our church life? You know, I, I think there's a perception out there. And the perception is this, that the real thing, the pinnacle, if you like, is standing at the front on a Sunday morning with a microphone in hand and a big, lofty, Thus saith the Lord. That's prophecy, folks. As if that's the highest and the purest form. As if everything else is in some way lesser or an afterthought or not as important or unworthy. You know, there is a place for that, of course. But, but I'm convinced that, that if that is all we see, that is all we think of when we hear the word prophecy, I'm, I'm convinced that, that, first of all, we're missing the point. Secondly, I think we're turning our backs on some really powerful opportunities for God to speak to and through us. And thirdly, we're greatly limiting God's ability to use us. So, so where else... Where else does the prophetic fit? How or where or when might God speak to you or use you prophetically? I'm going to give you a couple of possible scenarios. We are going to come back and look at Sunday mornings in a minute. But but the first one, I want you to consider how the prophetic might fit in a one-on-one conversational situation. So I tell you the, the inspiration that I long for. The inspiration that I long for is is in the one-on-one context. As I talk to someone, just seeking God for that that key that finally unlocks that door for someone. Or or that hammers home the truth that sets them free. Or or the now word that gets their attention. Or or the heavenly message that that surprises them and, and shows them how much God loves them. And cares for them. And so whether, whether we're talking about being in a conversation with our, with our best friend or, or, or a person that you're counselling or perhaps a, a random stranger that you struck up conversation with, for, for me this is, this is where the fun stuff takes place and this is where, where I think there's a the potential for a tremendous impact. As we've seen through this, call, Paul said, eagerly desire the gift of the Spirit, especially that you may prophesy. For me, this is what I personally eagerly desire. Not, not up front in, in a church service, not, not some great prediction of, of future events, but, but being able to speak the, the word to someone, something that may be, that may potentially be life-giving or or life-changing, or even life-saving for that person. As we saw earlier in the series, Jesus did this time and time and time and time again. And so in this particular scenario, for me, this throws the whole topic of the prophetic wide open. That we should be and could be listening out for prophetic whispers all day, every day. Not just for that one and a half hours on a Sunday morning. So in that one-on-one conversational context, just praying for that, that spirit of wisdom and revelation. Praying under your breath, as I was doing in my conversation with that guy on Tuesday. God, what are you saying? Lord, what's on your heart? What's the key that's going to unlock the door? I I said key, not sledgehammer. What's the revelation that they need from you? And I'm convinced that that opens up a world of opportunity to communicate God's heart to a world that badly needs to hear it. So where does the prophetic fit? I'm convinced that the prophetic fit and can fit in a one-on-one conversational scenario. The second place, I reckon it fits really well, is Connect Group. House group, small group, call it what you like. We call it Connect Group. 1 Corinthians 14:26, this is the New King James version. It says, "Whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation, and let all things be done for edification." Now, some of you older people here around with me will remember the day. You know, we were taught back when I was in discipleship classes, when I was a teenager, we were taught that everyone hath. It's the King James. Everyone hath. Everyone hath a psalm or a word or a tongue or an interpretation of a tongue or whatever it is. Everyone hath when we come together. We were encouraged to come hathing. The trouble is, you see, that if everyone hath on a Sunday morning, we're going to be here a very, very, very long time. So my reading of this is, do you know what? Small group is a wonderful environment for people to hath away to their heart's content. For me, for me, small group is a great place to hath words of encouragement. It's a great place to share testimony. It's a great but a place to pray prophetically into situations. It's a great place to, to read Scripture over one another and ask God to unfold that. Always with, with ears open for that inspiration and that revelation and that encouragement. You, you might have heard people talking about the, the difference between rows and circles. To make sure no one misses this, right now you're sitting in rows. Okay, in a connect group, you're you're sitting in circles. Okay, simplify things up a little bit. You know there are things that you can do in circles that you just can't do in rows. I think it also works the other way around. There are things that you can do in rows that you just can't do in circles. That's why in our model we we must have both. We must have large gatherings. We must have medium-sized gatherings. We must have small gatherings, perhaps 200, perhaps 25, and perhaps two or three numbers. This is why we encourage you, if you can, to commit to to being in a connect group, to help sustain and mature you. The connect group is also a great place to grow in the prophetic. I'm going to give you a a live-ish example this week, on Monday night, we gathered as, for our monthly leadership team meeting. I think it's fair to say, I'm, I'm sure most of you are aware, that we are currently renegotiating our lease on this building. And, and yet we find that, that rental prices have increased quite a bit in the last few years, and so we're expecting a, quite a bit of a step up in our rent. So as we gathered together in Darren's lovely living room, having feasted on Pam's lovely lemon drizzle cake, um, you know we we love brainstorming. Who doesn't love brainstorming? But you know we in that team are trying to shift our default, if you like, to, to less talking. Hard for me, and more worshiping, and more praying and more listening. So last, last Monday, as we, as we met, knowing the topic that was at hand for the day, we started with a time of worship. And we played three worship songs. Actually, the first one was, was so strong and so poignant that we, we played it twice. And do you know what? I can feed back how wonderful it was to hear the richness of of what God showed us and what God stirred in us as we spent that extended time in his presence. I loved how he really brought our key kingdom culture values to the forefront as we pondered this whole issue. I love watching one of our number who in the past said that they didn't see themselves as being prophetic at all, making several really significant and powerful contributions, reminded me that at our leadership retreat, we prayed that very thing over that person. It's wonderful. And as I reflect back on that, I noticed how God used the songs. Did you know that there are prophetic songs? Three points. First of all, songs can be prophetic as they are written. You know, buying a, by a praying author into a, into a particular context under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And if you're a songwriter, you know that, that's what you're trying to do. Open heart, soft heart, asking God, God speak, God show me, God bring this to life, bring this to light as I write this song. So, number one, songs can be prophetic as they're written. Number two, songs can be prophetic as they are chosen. You know, worship leaders spend a great deal of time in prayer, choosing the right song for each occasion. So tonight we have If, I'll be leading worship, and I've been spending time this week just just mulling, pondering, just trying to get the right songs that fit, hopefully prophetically, with where that meeting is going to go and what we're praying for. So they can be prophetic as they're written, they can be prophetic as they're chosen, they also can be prophetic as they are sung that as you sing them, God can speak specifically to you through the lyrics. I'll I'll illustrate this by the three songs that we sung. The first one was, I raise a hallelujah. I think the words are on the screen. Oh, Jamie, the front screen is not working. Okay, excellent. Thank you. God, I love the power of communication. Okay, it's because Steve's not here, that's why punish him for being unwell okay the song goes you know the song I won't sing I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief I raise a hallelujah my weapon is a melody I raise a hallelujah heaven comes to fight for me what powerful words the chorus says I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm Louder and louder you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. The king is alive. What a powerful song as we fight the good fight of faith. Just just such a strong reminder that God is on the throne. A strong reminder that praise is such a powerful weapon. Even, or in fact especially, slap bang in the middle of the storm. I can't tell you the number of ways God spoke to us that night through the words and the spirit behind that song. Then the second song was one we've just sung, Waymaker. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And then the bridge, which says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. That's great to be reminded of of what are sound biblical principles. But for us, that was a really strong prophetic reminder. You can relax, folks. I've got this. That's God, not me, by the way. God's saying, I am at work and I am bigger. And I am stronger and I am greater. And the final song was was a Hillsong song, song called Holy Ground. Very simple words. This is holy. This is holy ground. You are holy. You are holy God. And then it repeats. You are, this is holy. This is holy ground. You are holy. You are with me now. And I'm sure with your vivid imaginations, you can just begin to imagine some of the things that God drew out of that for us. So I loved how God used these, these three thought songs quite specifically to speak to us. Songs can be prophetic as written, they can be prophetic as chosen, and they can be prophetic as sung. Do you know what? If we talk about wanting to become a prophetic people, worship is the best way of stirring the prophetic. Worship is such a ripe place. It's it's a seedbed of revelation. It's it's the gateway to prophetic prayer. Hence, if tonight. See, God speaks out of his presence. So get into his presence. And that's where worship comes in. Okay, so so to summarise all that, where, where does the prophetic... Fit prophetic fits first of all in one on one relational situations as we're attentive to the Holy Spirit. Number two, that there are great opportunities in Connect Group. So so come, go next week to Connect Group, open hearted, ready to hear and ready to give. And so, I'm pretty confident that God God will train you there in those two scenarios before. He uses you in the big public meeting with us, thus saith the Lord. Just a thought. Okay, but there's also a place for, for the prophetic on Sunday morning. I'd say in four possible places. Number one, letter A, is in worship. You know, often, often in worship, God will reveal something of his heart, something of his character, something of his his love. And this is why, as, as, as hosts, we try to keep the worship team about him. We also tried to respect the anointing on the worship leader to lead us out of their preparation in the light of what I've just talked, particularly about prophetic songs. But you know, what, there is a place, Martin modeled it today, there's a place for, for sharing those prophetic revelations of God's glory. And praying in response to that. I'll be honest: as we've, we've we've pondered this, talked about this, thought about this over the years, our expectation is that other forms of prophetic revelation are more likely to come, as we'll see in a second, a little later on in the Sunday morning journey. That worship time—that that's his time. So the first place is in worship. The second place. Is in preaching. You know, for me personally, and for those others who who preach, I'm sure we're always praying for that I like to call it that prophetic edge. You know, seeking that that now word. We've talked about this in the last few weeks. That that freshness, that, 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 that revelation, that inspiration. You know, so we preach, we preach boldly, confident that God speaks powerfully through his word. Words of truth and words of life and words of healing and words of transformation. But you know what? Holy Spirit, breath and inspiration is is key to that. So I'm convinced that that preaching is a great place for the prophetic. The third place is, is in response and ministry. Mark 16, verse 20, famously says that God, talking about the, the apostles, uh, after Jesus had gone, he'd given them the commission, it said, God confirms his word with signs and wonders following. should we be surprised that when we preach the word of God, he confirms that word in signs and wonders. So response time is is about inviting the Holy Spirit in to to sink the word deeper, to make it personal to us, to apply it to us specifically. You know, God might choose to do that through a prophetic voice from the front via a microphone. Or he might drop it into your heart as you pray and ponder. I tell you, what I would love to see more of, I'd love to see more words of knowledge. I'll explain what I mean by that. These are, are, in this context, specific and precise invitations to ministry. You know, I sense there is someone here who dot, dot, dot. You might have been praying and asking God for, "Well, this is your time. You know, does anyone today, I just get the sense there are people in this room who need prayer for such and such. You know, that, that can be the key that opens the door. That, that can be the truth that cracks open the nut. That, that can be the light that shines into that hurt or that need or that situation. I'd love to see more of that. The fourth place on a Sunday morning where there's room and space for the prophetic is right over there in that prayer corner. For, for me, that's that's the perfect place for prophetic input. Again, the key again is, is, is seeking God for the key that opens the door. You know, I'd say as we as we've journeyed through a Sunday morning, that, that's the place where the atmosphere is ripe. I mean, hearts are open. The word has been preached. The presence of God has been invited. Faith is rising in the room. And again, God is in the business of confirming his word prophetically. One of our kingdom culture values here is radically responsive. I'd love us to be a radically responsive people. You know, we have, in that corner, we have a well-trained and an experienced and a sensitive prayer ministry team. We have a God whose, whose arms are outstretched, whose, whose hand is open, who wants to speak. And I'd say, if you need anything from God, I'd encourage you to come running forward on a Sunday morning. Not trying to put pressure on our prayer ministry team, and most of whom are sitting over there. Not trying to put pressure on them. What I am trying to do is boast on the Holy Spirit. This is what he does. And I'm pretty confident that that is where he does it. Amen. So last piece then to to wrap this up. The question, how do we become a prophetic people? And just a quick quick thought or two for you. Have you heard the expression that, that hurting people... Hurt people. If you haven't heard it, you, you definitely know it's true, right? Well, I'm going to do a little play on those words, and I'm going to say this: that edified, encouraged, comforted people, edify, inspire, and comfort people. It's what we talked about last week out of one Corinthians 14. So, edified people, edify. People. They they, they build them up. They they strengthen and nourish them. Similarly, encouraged people encourage people. They remind them who they are. They tell them that they can. They, They point them at the promise of God. And similarly, comforted people comfort people. Darren preached on that. But they comfort people with oozing compassion and grace and truth. So so if that is the case, the challenge becomes making sure that we are full, making sure that we ourselves have been built up, making sure that we ourselves have encouragement to offer, making sure that we ourselves have compassionate hearts ready to comfort if we want to become that prophetic people. I'm going to propose that there are three parts to that. Part one is the preparation Part two is the expectation. And part three is the invitation. So firstly, the preparation. If your well is full, it will overflow. If you're in any doubt, take a little drive along the Avon River today. If your well is full, it will overflow because that is what wells do. That's what they're designed to do. So the aim is to be so full of God that overflowing is inevitable. So the question for us becomes, am I overflowing? Am I full of the word of God so when I'm squeezed that's what comes out? Do I have a heart of worship? Am I easily moved by Holy Spirit compassion? I'd say this prophets need to know the heart of God so that they can speak the heart of God. In order to give it, first you have to get it. And of course, much of that takes place in private, in your prayer closet, poring over your Bible, listening and learning and seeking. So I'm convinced if we want to be a prophetic people, there's a preparation that goes into that. The second part is the expectation. Back to, to Paul's eagerly desire. You know, we should, we should expect God to use us. Read Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10, talks about us being God's workmanship and how he's prepared good works in advance for us to do. So the expectation that we, as God's workmanship, have these good works in our path, we should expect God to be using us. After all, healthy fruit trees expect to bear fruit. So if your heart and if your eyes and if your ears are open, then your mouth will be too. It's a huge part of of this expectation is making yourself available. If you want want to be, if we want to be a prophetic people, it starts with making ourselves available. There's a prayer I mentioned before that, that I was taught when I was younger, something like this, Lord, would you move me physically and geographically across the paths of those people who need to hear what I have to say and who need to drink the water that is in my well. That's a prayer of expectation. That God is in the business of moving me. That I can find myself in, in divine encounters. I can find myself at interruptions and conversations because I'm open to it in which God can use the water that is in my well. So we need to pray in advance. We, we need to be listening and ready to step out. We need to be available And expect God to use us. And the third part then we're done is the invitation. Prophecy starts with a question. Lord, what are you saying? So keep your spiritual ears and eyes open. Always asking God, what are you saying? What do they need to hear what does your word say specifically for them? God can bring that to your attention. God can remind you of verses scattered through scripture. What about you, Lord, do they need to know? The source of questions that I was asking under my breath in my conversation at the funeral. And then once you've done that, it would tend to edification, exhortation and comfort. How can I use what God has shown me to edify and exhort and comfort, as opposed to the opposite. Okay, I'm pretty much done. Here are the response questions for today. The question is Do you want to grow in the prophetic? Thank you, Dave. Hopefully, over the five weeks, I've been stirring that and, and opening it up to you so it doesn't look as though this kind of elite, elite thing that, that Caroline Cresswell does and a few other people. But actually, this is something that we can all engage in in different ways, in different forms. It's just about listening to God and allowing Him to speak through us. I hope that the answer for everybody is do we want to grow in the prophetic? Yes. Who doesn't want the key to put in that door to open it up wide open? So question number one, do you want to grow in the prophetic? Question number two, do you want to be available for God to use? And I would say if the answer for both those questions for you today is yes, then this response is for you. Clearly, a key part of this is to be full of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about that. So what we're going to do this morning for the responses is we are, I am going to offer to lay hands on anybody who wants a fresh touch of Holy Spirit anointing and power, For anyone who is jumping up and down saying, yes, I do want to grow in the prophetic, yes, I do want to be available for God to use. If that is you, then there is scriptural precedent for, for leaders laying hands on and, and there being an impartation of Holy Spirit power. So I'm going to invite Phil and the team to come forward. And just, just a gentle offer, folks. If you'd like me or one of the other members of the team to pray for you, if you'd like to come forward as we, as we sing, and we'll lay hands on you for more of the Lord. Why don't we stand? Let's pray. Father, we we want to and we need to be a prophetic people because you have so much to say. We have a world that has so much they need to hear. The Church doesn't have a great track record on this, I fear. Sometimes we can be clumsy. The opportunity here is to be inspired and to speak words of life and actually to change situations round for your glory. So, Lord, as we conclude this little mini series here, my prayer is that you would do what you need to do in this place to increasingly make us a prophetic people. Lord, I pray that over me individually, Lord, would I be a prophetic person? Over all my brothers and sisters in this room, would they become prophetic people as they attend to you, as they listen to you, as they open the door to you, Lord, and as you move? Well aware, Lord, that this is your territory. Gifts of the Holy Spirit are as you will. That we are utterly, utterly dependent, 100% reliant on the Holy Spirit for this. So Holy Spirit, very simply, would you fill us up to the brim so we overflow, that we might be a blessing to the world around us as you intend. In Jesus' name. Amen.